I'm Kate Daniels. Here's a philosophical question. What is our life about? Each of us has a different answer. We may be rumbling around trying to figure out that answer. Perhaps we may find an insight in meeting Tim Bauerschmidt and Ramey Little. They've chosen to live more simply and travel the country. When Tim's elderly mother received a dire diagnosis, the doctors offered conventional therapies. Tim and Ramey offered time on the road and adventures. Norma Bauerschmidt decided the latter sounded perfect, and the story is Driving Miss Norma. We have Tim and Ramey joining us now to share some insights. Ramey and Tim, good morning. It is so wonderful to have this connection with you this morning. Hey, thanks for talking to us this morning, Kate. Good morning, Kate. Good morning, Ramey. Well, you have certainly had such an adventure. I love this book. It is so amazing. Driving Miss Norma, Our Family's Journey, saying yes to living. And I think that that's the part of it. It is just so life-giving and beyond inspiring to really get a sense of what it means to really have a life. And I'm sure that that was definitely your experience in this uh, wonderful journey you've taken. Yeah, it was truly an experience of life and and how you can have a, a, a great experience at the end of your life. And that's a a large part of it because so often, well, very often, we're reticent, as you share with us too in the book, that you were reticent to have this end-of-life kind of conversation. But my goodness, what I think it does for us is realize how important it is, and it's not at all gloomy and doomy, but life-giving in the end. Oh, yeah. It was for both of us. My mom had the best year of her life. I, I can say that for her. Before she died, between 90 and 90, 91 and 92, she had the best year of her life. That is so tremendous. Well, to have that life, though, let's give a little bit of a platform here as to how it is, Tim and Ramey, that you were able to take this journey because of your own, what we will call, nomadic lifestyle. Kate, we've been living on the road uh, for several years now. Tim and I lived in a little 19-foot Airstream and um, have been traveling around the United States and a little bit in Mexico. And um, you're right, just has, have basically been um, quite nomadic. And every year we, we made our way up to Tim's parents in northern Michigan. That was part of our, part of our travels. And, uh, and so one year when we went up there, things changed a little bit. And that's kind of how we started our journey with Norma. And that's the thing, too, just an aside then, is we will often kind of get into a rhythm of, oh, we expect our parents because, uh, well, my father has now died, but my mother herself has just turned 95. So I can really relate to those changes that go on in time, but we can get kind of complacent. So you came this one year expecting things to fit a pattern, and that's not at all what happened, right, Tim? That's correct. Every year we come back and, and see if everything was okay, get them settled in for the next year, do stuff around the house. But this, this time we came in and my, my father was in a health crisis. We, we literally, we parked the, the car with the, the trailer on it and never unhooked because my dad, we immediately had to take him to the hospital. And in 10 days after we arrived that summer, he died. And uh, two days after he died, my mom got her cancer diagnosis. So yeah, that, that, Summer of 2015 was a, a much different summer for us. 
and where it could have been really doom and gloom, it really turned out to be a catalyst into, as you said, it was the best year of your mom's entire life. I have to agree. Instead of, instead of, yeah, instead of grieving and, and sitting around moping, we, we just mobilized to give mom a good experience. We didn't know how much time we had with her, so truly time was of the essence. There was no more waiting. We couldn't wait anymore. If we were going to have some good time with her, we had to do it right away. And that meant not not sitting around grieving and moping, but to, to, to push on and, and to live and she obviously was a very willing participant in all of this. Of course, it it took that you it would be difficult to what twist a person's uh, arm into doing this sort of thing. But did it surprise you that uh, she was as willing to launch into this journey as she was, uh, Ramy? Do you how did you find that? Well, you know when we when we recognized that we were in this in this crisis and I I think it's you even alluded to it with your own mother is you know what do we do with mom or what do we do with dad after after their partner of so many years has passed and and so we had some options and we offered them all up to Norma you know she she made it very clear she didn't want any any treatment for this cancer I'm 90 years old that's that's not something that I'm interested in putting my body through and and so we said, you know, the, the options as we see them are um, you can have some help at home or you can move into some kind of a nursing facility with, with some extra support. Or like many adult children of elderly parents, they say, you know, come, come live with us. And so we, we put all three of those options on the table. And she knew very well that our home happened to have wheels and and. You know, we said, don't make any decisions real quick. Think about it, pray about it, and and let us know whenever you're you're ready to to make a decision of what your next step might be. And it took her about a minute and a half to say, you know, I think I'd like to come along. And at that moment, we we just began planning for a grand adventure, and she was absolutely a willing participant. And that is so delightful as you describe it, as you tell the story in this wonderful book, Driving Miss Norma, that she really didn't have to hesitate. She, it's as though this was percolating in her perhaps all along. She was not unhappy, obviously, in her life, but it was like, okay, this is the treatment I need. I don't need the chemo and the radiation and potentially surgery, right? That's right. And, and, you know, we found out the best, the best treatment for any illness is love. I, as soon as we got together and, and bonded as a family again and, and began to have these adventures, her health began to improve. Her whole attitude improved. It's a, it's, love is a powerful drug. And you cannot really find that. I guess you'll find ways if if someone is hospitalized. But this was ideal. You were out crossing the country, seeing places she'd never seen because evidently she had never left her home state of Michigan. No, she she grew up in Ohio, and and my father and she retired in in northern Michigan. They spent the last thirty years up there, and and yeah, they they pretty much were just living their living their life, and I guess waiting to die, like. Sadly, a lot of people do when you get that old. We would come home and we'd be sitting in their respective rocking chairs and 
I, I would be sad thinking what, what it, you're just waiting for waiting for your life to end when there's still there still has to be a potential for some some life affirming things at that age. Yes. And this makes it so concrete that it's like, let's take life by those horns and let's make the most of it. And that's really what she did. I got the sense of how she was really kind of caving in as people do as they get to that age. But everything that she did seemed to just make her grow in in spirit, I guess, that she really seemed to come alive. Yeah, she truly blossomed, Kate. Out west here, we have a we have a plant that's called a century plant. It's a spiky yucca type plant. If if, if it if it if it lives, it, if it makes through the vagaries of weather and and everything else, it, it they live to be a hundred years old. And at the end of their life, they they shoot up this giant stalk about six feet high with great big blooms on the end, and then it dies. I, I think that's a, that's a great metaphor for my mom's life. She she lived very long. She she weathered many storms. And she finally, finally, the stalk came out, and we had a great big bloom before she finally died. And even if it had lasted perhaps a week, there was so much that was filled with enthusiasm. And as you said, that important element of love, that component was always present. But it lasted for over a year, and not only did she have a great time, but didn't she just touch countless lives? Absolutely. When we started this journey, we were concerned that we wouldn't even get her out of the driveway. She was very sick and very sad um, after the passing of Leo, of her husband. And it wasn't long after we made it out of the driveway and started experiencing things that she just kind of transformed into this person that was much more alive. And as that happened, we simultaneously um, set up a Facebook page really only for my mother who lives in Pennsylvania to know where we were along the way. And that Facebook page grew some teeth and about six months into our journey, um, it went quite viral. And very, very quickly, hundreds of thousands of people started following our story. And, you know, it's nice to have folks paying attention, but the feedback that we were getting that Norma was providing such inspiration for people all over the world just completely touched our hearts. And that is the piece of it, that people may feel, oh, I am too old, whatever age it could even be at 60, that they say, I'm too old to do this. But she shows that regardless of the age that you are, there is still a way to make things happen. And with with the stories, it seemed that some there was a, a miraculous component that seemed to come into play. Yeah. Kate, what I found most fascinating is it wasn't just older people she was inspiring. She was inspiring younger people. Younger, I mean, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, people that thought they couldn't do things. And they saw my mom and they thought, if, if this 90-year-old woman with cancer can, and, and just lost her husband can overcome all these things and, and see life and see the good things still, I can too. We've had thousands of people write to us. It's not just the old people that are, are thinking, well, I still have something to do. It's people that have their whole lives ahead of them and realize, Maybe I don't have enough time to do everything I want to do, and I'm, I should start doing it now. And what is significant here, uh, we so often in our society get so burdened by stuff. It just really holds us down. And I think with the lifestyle that you've created, you make it easier for yourself to really 
have the inspiration and move on and see the places, do the things you want to do. And that, that way you were able to give this gift to Miss Norma. That's right, Kate. It's been a gift is the right word. And not only a gift to her, but, but a huge gift to us as well. And speaking of, about the, the possessions, yeah, we have, we've embraced the nomadic lifestyle. And obviously you can't carry a lot of stuff around. We have had possessions, but it's really once you walk away from them and you're gone for a couple of days, you forget everything you left behind. And that was one of the most remarkable things about my mom when we asked her to come along or she agreed to come along is that she left everything behind. We asked her, do you want to take mementos? Do you want to have things to, to remind you of, of your past life? And, and, and she, she said no. She bought all new clothes. She didn't bring any mementos. And we, we just, she started collecting things along the way to be, to be her new memories. So I guess being able to leave possessions and attachments behind, it, it's liberating in, in many ways. It's liberating physically, obviously, and it's also emotionally liberating. Exactly. And again, it's that piece of, for us to consider, there are so many lessons to consider, but that piece of the things that we have to have, I need to have that latest whatever uh, diddly-do thing, but it does begin to carry, uh, you know, weigh us down, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, it sure does. So... There were so many remarkable things. It seemed everywhere you stopped that there were just great things that happened. And one of the stories that really stood out to me was uh, the trip at Hilton Head, where uh, Miss Norma wanted to see the parade. And <laughs> there was so many lessons there about just, you know, it, if you really want something, you know, just ask for it. Don't be shy. And it's amazing how kind of, well, the universe provides. <laughs> Indeed. We arrived in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. And every time we checked into a new campground, there's a, there's a lot to do. We need to, to set up the motorhome and, and get the water and the electricity and the sewer plugged in and and just get things squared away at our at our new stop for a while. And while we do that, we usually hand Norma the the local literature of, of you know things to do, tourist information and newspapers, whatever they happen to have at their front desk, really. And so we handed her a stack of of, of reading material as Tim and I were were getting moved into our new spot. And usually, after she has a chance to read these things, we say, "Okay, Norma, you know, what do you want to do here?" And usually she would say, oh, it all looks nice. Everything's fine. But this time was different. She saw in the newspaper that there was a parade the following day and that she wanted to go and watch the parade. And so we thought, okay, this is a new place. We don't know our way around at all. We need to figure out how to park in a crowded place with, uh, and get her where she, where she could view the parade in a wheelchair. So Tim, Tim wrote a quick note off to, to someone who was following us from Hilton Head who happened to be with the, the Chamber of Commerce and said, hey, can you can you give us a good tip for where we might park and so, so Norma could watch the parade? And she wrote back and said, oh, there's lots of great places to try here or there. And then about five minutes later, wrote back again and said, wait a second, what would Norma, Miss Norma think if she were in the parade? <laughs> and, and everything shifted at that point. They had an extra car available and, and the very next day, Norma and Ringo and Tim found themselves riding in a parade with, what, 35,000 people 
cheering her on. It was it was quite an event. It, uh, the idea of, of saying yes to things uh, really showed up that day. And I think those are the moments that we need to remember others' sto- others stories about what goes on in our life just to have faith and trust that ask for what you what you desire. It may not always come, but then again, you might be wonderfully surprised and this sort of thing happens. Yeah, sometimes what you think you desire um, can actually be so much bigger and you in, beyond what your greatest imagination could be. Yes, yes. So the story, that's one story of so many in driving Miss Norma, this wonderful new book that is just the, the perfect uh, compilation of stories that is sure to really warm all of our hearts. And as you were both saying, that it inspires uh, so many people at, at all ages. So Miss Norma became such a personality. How did she then acquire this title, Miss Norma? <laughs> you have to ask Ramey that. She, she gave her that title. We saw a shift in her. We saw her, I like to say she developed a personality. She came out of her shell. And we just looked at her and we saw a totally different person. And, and that's why we, we, I guess we just called her Miss Norma. Maybe Ramey can tell you more. Well, you know, I, I've always, she's my mother-in-law. I've always just called her Norma. And early on in the trip, you know, we were just kind of doodling along, and we came across a a roadside attraction in Minnesota that was a gigantic Jolly Green Giant statue, 60 feet tall. And we we were just kind of laughing at the fact that that actually even existed. And Norma walked up to the statue, and she happened to have a green sweater on that day, handed Tim his her cane and posed exactly like the Jolly Green Giant in front of it. And, and it had this, this twinkle in her eye and, that I had never seen before, and I don't think Tim had either. And at that moment, I, I thought to myself, this is going to be really, really fun if she, if she has this in her that we've never seen before. And that, in my mind, is when she transforms to my mother-in-law, Norma, to Miss Norma, someone someone who is ready to just embrace life and, and take it as it comes. <laughs> that is so exciting, isn't it, to see that personality come through. Not that she was an unhappy woman. She and uh, your your dad, your, your father-in-law, seemed to have a very content life, but there was just this other whole kind of life waiting to happen, just given the opportunity. That's so true. It was truly an untapped untapped thing. I don't know if one held the other back, or, or I don't know what it is, but my father's death liberated my mom in some sense. Not that my father was dominating. He just had a bigger personality. And I think leaving my mom, my mom leaving her place of 28, 30 years and getting out of where people expect her to be a certain way it gave her permission to be a different way, to be a maybe the person she always wanted to be. I saw a woman at age 90 that I, I, had, I had no idea was there. And all my years of knowing my mom, I had no idea she had the potential to be so witty and charming and funny and, and coy and cute. It, it was what a gift I got out of, out of this trip. And would you say then this was perhaps the the most you had gotten to know your mother 
you'd known her all your life, but in this year, year and a half, it was really kind of the ultimate? Kate, I, I, I've had a superficial relationship with my parents most of my life. I was, I was very fiercely independent. I moved out of the house at 18. Couldn't wait to move away. I moved to Colorado, then I moved to Hawaii. I was, I just kept moving further and further away. And I would call a few times a year, maybe visit every few years. I was not really close to my family. No, I, we would have stilted conversations on the telephone. Just you know, the weather, simple things, nothing important. In our monthly or our our visits every year in the summer, we just like take care of things. But no. We didn't really share any serious feelings. We, like I said, we didn't ever have the talk. We never talked to them about what they would, might want to do when one or the other was unable to support themselves at their own home, or what if one of them died, or where would you like to be, or how would you like your end of life to look like? We never had any of these discussions. In my mind, I knew we should have. But as soon as I got there, you'd see them, and I don't know whether I didn't want to make them feel bad. I didn't want to make myself feel bad about talking about Hey, we're going to die here. Let's let's talk about it. Let's. But you know, I never had it. So I, this is the first time I've had a real sustained relationship with my mom. And, and traveling in a thirty-six foot motorhome, you're, you're you get to know people pretty well. <laughs> so, so all of that conspired to give me a really rich experience with my mom. And a piece of that is that some people would be hesitant, like they wouldn't necessarily even want a parent or both parents to move in with them, much less to hit the road, as as you said, as she said, uh, to spend time in this confined space. So there was an element, well, actually, was that element of concern to you? Like, oh, what is this going to be? Quite frankly, Ramey and I didn't even discuss this. My father died in a hospice wing at the end of the local nursing home, so we would push my mom through the corridor to the end. And despite, we didn't want to look into other people's rooms or lives, but the doors were open. We saw the despair in a nursing home. There was just no way I could leave her in a nursing home. I had to step up and take care of my mom. As uncomfortable as it could have been, I, we never, never stopped to think about what would happen if she did say yes. What, what would be the practical realities of, of having her with us all the time? Ramey and I looked each other in the eye after my dad died, and we realized, we just looked at each other and we said, we have to ask her if she wants to come along. Really, there was no other choice. I, I couldn't even stop to think of how it was going to affect us, our marriage, our lifestyle. We, we just knew what we had to do. It was my mom. Yes. And there's the big answer in the book, Driving Miss Norma. That that yes answer really created such a life. But getting there, offering the choices, I think that that's a really critical part of what you did is to, this is not a child that you're telling that they have to do something, get dressed, eat your yeah. breakfast. Giving people yeah. choices, isn't that so critically important? It really is, Kate. And it's interesting that you asked that question because that kind of became gosh, a mantra for us as we were going through this process with Norma and trying to, to understand her needs. And there was some concern, you know, the health issues, she was dropping weight. There were lots of things that were going on, you know, behind the scenes of the beautiful, fun, happy pictures. And our agreement between Tim and I was that we have to constantly give Norma options, give her options about the activities that we, that, that we had the opportunity to participate in, did she want to stay stay home or sit outside under the awning and read her book today? Did she want to go for an outing today? Um, the, 
we always gave her options about what she wanted to eat and uh, how she kind of wanted to, wanted to experience her days and her and her weeks and her time on the road with us. And and every day it was choices. Do you want to do this or that? You know, if we asked her a yes or no question, I think we would have had a very different um, different experience. But but coming up with those options for her um, made her feel like she was definitely participating and a contributing factor to the, to the family and to our adventure. And what an adventure it truly was. Would you say to anyone who would be considering something similar when they have aging parents or family members to consider uh, taking even a, a short trip, uh, not necessarily a year and a half on the road, what is your recommendation to them? We realize that our lifestyle is quite different from many others. And I think given the opportunity to do anything that switches things up a little bit for their elderly loved ones is important. There's some people that are homebound that can't leave the home. And we just learned recently that our story inspired someone to then ask, people on Facebook to send postcards so that they felt like they had a virtual trip and could travel around a little bit. So just taking your grandma out to lunch makes a huge difference. In the situation that that we have, I think just being creative, you know, it's difficult to drive around the whole country and to, to care for someone the way we do. And people have kids and jobs and obligations and, you know, all those other things that go into life that we don't have. And so, yeah, it makes a big difference. But taking them to the local park, getting them out of the house, I think, is important. Allowing them, for Norma, being in nature was probably the most important thing for her on this journey. And being able to take her on a dirt path somewhere or let her get her hands in the dirt at a friend's garden, you know, those are the kinds of things that she really enjoyed. And you don't need a big motor home and lots of time to do those kinds of things, but just spend time and to share that love, like Tim said, makes all the difference in the world. Yes, that special ingredient, love, along with it comes respect, which is where I think offering options and choices is part of it, rather than saying, well, okay, I decided we should do X today. Asking for input, I think, is just such a loving thing to do. Yeah, yeah it's very easy to fall into to a reversal of roles, where now you're the parent, you you're telling your mom what to do and when we're going to do it and how we're going to do it. But, yeah, it was hard to resist that, but Rainey early on said, Tim, we need to offer her choices. And really, that was a big thing. It, there is. It, life is choice. Exactly. We're making choices all the time. Even, all the time. Right? Just because yeah. you're 90 doesn't mean you can't make your own choices anymore. And that's the thing. Here we do have a choice of thinking of how are we going to proceed with today, of next week, the next year, our life. But really mm-hmm. being engaged, that's what you both have done, certainly, with the life that you have chosen to live and have had all these grand adventures, right? Yes. Once you open yourself up to adventure, it's the unexpected to something new. It comes flying and it's beyond it. When you get stuck in your rut of, I get up, I do this, or I do that, and I come home and I do it every day, that's all that comes into your life. But as soon as you open yourself up to anything and everything that's available to you in the world, things just come streaming through. And the less I resist, the more things came up. The more people were writing, the more love we were receiving, more invitations, 
it just snowballed after that. And it, it is, it's a, it's a mindset. <laughs> and it's an important life lesson. And so one of the new adventures is, of course, having written this book, Driving Miss Norma, really a must-have for anyone. Don't just buy the book. Read it. It's such an important, important work, so filled with lots of inspiration. And I congratulate you on this latest accomplishment, Tim and Ramey. And, of course, everyone can pick up the copy of the book at any of their favorite book locations, right? That's right. They're flying off the shelf. As well they ought to. Well, it's been such a delight to speak with you. I just admire so much what you've done. You have definitely presented all of us with a very important gift. Thank you for that, and thank you for spending time with us this morning. Oh, our pleasure, Kate. Thank you. Thank you, Kate, so much.